Hey lovely and welcome to the Manifestation Vibes podcast. My name is Laura Grady and I'm a women's empowerment coach and fulfillment mentor helping you manifest your desires, live in a state of inspiration, alignment and ease without the burnout. For the last few years, I've coached and mentored thousands of women worldwide to help them create the life they desire through my online coaching business, helping women step into their most confident, authentic selves. This podcast is for the woman who desires a bigger and better life for herself. For the woman interested in the depth of manifestation, personal development, and spirituality, and for the woman done with the fluffy BS this spiritual and personal development world can sometimes bring. In this podcast, I will be delivering you weekly episodes on all things manifestation, spirituality, personal development, to empower you to live a life you love. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to be jumping on today to speak about all things imposter syndrome, um, how it shows up and how it's shown up for me and how it has impeded on my experience in business over the years and why I'm so fucking passionate to talk about this with my clients. Now, I'm not going to lie when I say this. I have worked with quite a number of people in my experience in this industry. So many people, in fact, like I can't even begin to express to you how many people I've worked with. And I see imposter syndrome as being a major thing that really holds people back. It really stagnates their growth. It kind of cock blocks their manifestations. Um, And especially for those clients who really kind of identify as aspiring leaders in their spaces or leaders in general, imposter syndrome has been a major thing that really honestly uh, kind of stagnates everything, stops them from growing, stops them from using their voice, from speaking what is really true for them, what is really alive for them. And in this episode, I want to really um, go in and go deep about my experiences with it. And, you know, I'm not here to demonize imposter syndrome or to demonize you if you have experienced it. That's not my intention with this. Obviously, like straight off the bat, I'm not going to lie, I do have a masterclass. And that is called Imposter to Impactor. And that is going to be a 90-minute masterclass happening on Monday, the 21st at 7 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. So that is going to be happening and that is going to be really fucking epic. And I am going to be speaking about that masterclass because I'm a firm believer that we can turn our imposter syndrome into something that creates impact. We can use it for good. And it's not about just, you know, fucking reframing it and like looking at your limiting beliefs, looking at your stories. This is talking about like truly looking at that part of you, understanding that part of you and embodying a different frequency so that your energy fully fucking shifts so that when you're going out into your life, you embody uh, a beautiful, the the beautiful frequency of a powerful leader. That is my intention with this masterclass. So if you don't know about this masterclass and I am, I have been getting people um, on Instagram to DM me the word imposter because the very first thing that we do when we're working with imposter syndrome is we admit that it's there. Um, And they have been getting the link, the, uh, 
the price itself, the investment was 111. It's now gone up to 155. And I'm going to be leaving the link below for you guys, just so you can actually claim your seat and your space. So you don't necessarily need to message me or DM me on Instagram, but you can claim your seat just by looking at that link below, because this is next fucking level, this masterclass, which you can hear all about my experiences with imposter syndrome. But this masterclass is it's next fucking level. Like I haven't seen anything like it in the industry, which is why I'm bringing it to you guys because I know that it is so fucking needed. But the vast majority of people in any industry, any leader experience imposter syndrome at some point in their life. It's so fucking needed. So imposter syndrome, what is it? Well, it's essentially the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or skills. And boy, oh boy, have I grappled with imposter syndrome. Now, I'm going to sort of uh, touch on what imposter syndrome has made me do and sort of when it has crept into my life and how it has shown up for me. Now, I'm, I'm not going to lie in saying this. The, the big themes that I have seen, and this is sort of what the research suggests out there as well, is that those who um, were more likely to have experienced criticism as children or go into jobs where they're going to be highly critiqued, those people are more likely to experience imposter syndrome in their life than those who do not. So I know for myself, I went into the acting space before I became a um, coach and I mean, anyone who knows anything about the acting space, you're critiqued literally every time you do a class, a course, everything that you do is constant. Like there's constant notes on it. There's constant feedback being given. It's constant. And it's not that it's necessarily always a bad thing, but sometimes in a developing mind, you can sort of take things the wrong way or take things to heart. And so I was, I did experience a hell of a lot of that And that kind of filtered through into being like, oh my God, am I getting any of this right? Like, what the fuck am I doing? And then moving into the coaching space, I had a lot of, I I won't lie, I did have a lot of self-belief, right? Because I had done so much work on myself throughout studying and doing all the processes to become a coach. So I knew kind of what to do to help myself. But when I got into the space, I did feel like an imposter and it's not necessarily that that's a bad thing. Yeah. Like when you're first in something and you don't have a lot of experience around it, I don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing to have these feelings of, oh my gosh, I'm an imposter. Um, I'm a fraud. People are going to, people are going to think I'm a fraud. People are going to think that I don't know what I'm doing. Any success that I, you know, have is going to be a fluke. It, it's not uncommon to experience that. I wouldn't say it's always a horribly bad thing to feel like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. You are in the process of learning when you first start something. Yeah. So when I was first in the industry, it made sense to be experiencing that. However, early on, it did kind of stop me from, it did stop me from putting myself out there properly. In fact, I would go so far to say that it really stopped me from putting myself out there. It was painful. It was really crippling. And it would make me it would make me overthink every single post that I was putting out there. It would make me overthink how I was speaking to potential clients, how I was marketing myself, um, the work that I was doing. It just was fucking crippling. So anyway, that was like the early, early, early days. But I want to kind of go through a list of 
how my imposter syndrome has influenced me. And I know that as you're listening to this, you're going to hear little niggles and little bits and pieces and you're going to go, holy shit, that's me. Oh my gosh, I'm currently experiencing that. And bringing the awareness is really powerful, yeah? Awareness does it is a first level of shifting the imposter. But if you listen and if any of these points hit you, then I can almost be certain that the imposter to impactor masterclass is 100% going to be for you. So listen to this, listen to my experience. And again, I just don't see enough people speaking about their own experiences with imposter syndrome, which is why I want to bring this to you because I've been in this space. I'm now in my fifth year. And, you know, the the first the first year I definitely definitely experienced it, and then as I've moved forward, um, as I have become you know more successful or known in the field or whatever, it has flared up again, you know. And I found that it, it was worse when I was more successful, right? So I have definitely grappled with this, and I just want you to know that you know you can you can struggle with it, but it doesn't mean that it has to hold you back forever. And also just having awareness on it, but not doing anything about it is not really going to be enough to shift it. At least that has been true for me. And it has been true for the vast majority of my clients and needs to be work on this part with this part to really shift the experience. So for me, my imposter syndrome made me second guess everything. It made me feel like a fraud, even when I wasn't. Yeah. Like I remember there were times where there was a time where I had like a hundred clients that I was working with fortnightly, like 100 clients right? And I was getting gifts from these clients. They were shouting me out all over social media. I was getting so many, um, just so much, like so many accolades. Like people were just like, wow, she's so good at what she does. This is awesome. And I remember there would be times that I, the second that I would raise my price, the imposter would flare up. Um, and the imposter, that part of me would sort of say like, who the fuck are you to be doing that? You don't know enough. You're not good enough, blah, 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 blah. And it, you know, it was almost like this fear of going, oh yeah, you know, you, you're going to be found out that you're not worth that that amount of money, or you're not, your ideas, your knowledge is not worth that, right? And so that was a fucking hard thing to hear in my head, <laughs> really hard thing to hear in my head, and it really kind of stagnated and stopped me from growing. And the biggest thing that I feel like imposter syndrome, and when I've been grappling with it, and again, this has not been like every single year of my career. It's not been like the entire year. It would be, you know, a week or so where I would experience this and then I'd move out of it. I have clients that come to me that have experienced this for quite literally six months on end and they feel like they can't see a way out of it and it stops them and makes them quit. And, you know, there has been a time which I'll go into where I I nearly wanted to quit because of the imposter syndrome, but there was a few other things going on at the time as well. So um, it really stopped me from taking any action in my life, right? Any action in my career specifically. An action in the growth, right? Action in scaling, action in doing less for more, right? It, it really stopped me in taking those action steps. And I will, I'm not going to lie, that I'm just like looking through this list being like, holy moly. <laughs> the first thing that it would do is it made me become like a mother to my clients, right? I was so hyper fixated on doing everything and anything for my clients to make sure that they were going to get results. I would mummy them. I would baby them. I would 
you know, be available even when it was costing my own health or my own mental health. I was available far too often and I cared too much. And yes, to a point, it's like, I actually really do care about my clients. This has always been a theme. Any client that has ever worked with me, you know, I fucking care. You know, I really desire for you to get results and I will be there to help you and support you. But because I was being my client's mother. Um, I created these almost like codependent relationships with my clients, which is not an empowering state for them to be in. And a lot of coaches who are listening to this, you know what I'm fucking talking about. You've definitely done it yourself. Um, (laughs) Where, yeah, I would kind of like helicopter coach them and I would mother them and I would make sure that they were getting the results. And part of this was like, oh, you know, Yes, I'm I'm not going to lie. The vast majority of it was looking at it being like, I really want these people to get results. But if I really look at it, because I see this with my clients, upon reflection, and this was reflected back to me with coaches, was that I had a deep fear that if they didn't get a result because they weren't showing up for themselves, they weren't doing X, Y, Z, that I would be blamed. It would be my fault, right? And it would reinstate the fact that I'm actually not that good at what I do. So I would helicopter, I would baby them, I would parent them. And um, that's not a good experience to be in because your clients need to take ownership. They need to look at their stuff and be willing to see things differently, be willing to do something differently. And if they're wanting to just constantly be babied and be held, I mean, coaching is not the right space for them. It really isn't. So it made me do that, right? And once I let go of the mummying of clients, I had so much fucking spaciousness, so much spaciousness. I had spaciousness to think. I had spaciousness to hold larger groups and larger containers. And I had the spaciousness to actually step into a whole other layer of leadership. And instead of like kind of monitoring how I say things to people, actually say what is needed to get people results very fucking quickly rather than to be, um, you know, masking myself or kind of being really careful and really, you know, filtered so that it would take, you know, instead of, if, instead of taking somebody like, a session to move through stuff, which is what happens now, you know, it might take somebody fucking, you know, a couple of months, right? And when you're in those early stages, and if you're grappling with imposter syndrome, it is affecting and influencing how you are speaking to your clients 100%. Even if you don't, if you, even if you wish that it didn't, it still is, right? And that was really, really powerful for me to realize. And it's so interesting because I had a, one-on-one client who had been doing so much work on their business stuff. And this is a recent one-on-one client where they had done like all the mindset work and they had been, you know, like journaling every day and like doing all of the right things, right? And we get we got into a one-on-one session and we spoke to what was really going on. And I was pretty harsh, not in a horrible way, but just in a very honest matter of fact, these are the blocks. These are the things that you're not willing to look at. This is where we need to go. We did an embodiment work. We did a, we did almost did a ritual really. And after that, she came out of that and actually sent me a message um, a couple of days later being like, I got more from that session than I have from previous coaches when I've worked with them for three months. Like you went straight into it. You didn't bullshit me. You didn't lie. You didn't, you know, (laughs) you didn't skirt around it, being afraid of my feelings. You were fucking honest. And that was something that was, it was uncomfortable for me to recognize. I'm very uncomfortable for me to realize in my journey and in my process to be able to be hard hitting. So shifting and reframing this imposter syndrome 
and to start to see the gifts from it and being able to kind of have a conversation and a relationship with that part allowed me to step into my fucking power to be able to have conversations with my clients on a group level, but also on a one-to-one level that helps them get results really quickly because I'm not monitoring what I'm fucking saying. Like I'm not hypervigilant the whole time and trying to people please and skirt my way around conversations. So that was a really big thing that it kind of, um, the imposter syndrome itself, it made me second guess everything, really go, oh my God, what am I doing? I remember I was, you know, in the early days of running a group container, granted we're in the middle of a pandemic, I would be so mindful of what I was saying with my clients that I am not going to lie when I say this, and I'm so okay with saying this now because this was like over two years ago. (laughs) I would stay up (laughs) at nighttime and after I delivered something, I would feel anxious about how it landed and I would feel anxious for hours and hours and hours and I would just sit there feeling anxious. And this was when obviously I just started stepping into groups. Now, like after a couple of groups, well, not even after a couple of groups, after a couple of weeks that went away, but I had to do the embodiment. I had to do the mindset. It didn't just fucking go away because I was like, oh, I'm dealing with imposter syndrome. There we go. Tick. That's not what happened. I had to do the fucking work, but it did end up shifting. And I was able to kind of lean into a hell of a lot more trust. But you know, that was, that was really hard and it was influencing and obviously affecting how I was able to work, who I was able to work with and my capacity. So when I was dealing with imposter syndrome as well, like when it's kind of flared up, I have experienced this kind of like pick me energy in the space, like, and how, how I can describe this. And this is just so not the vibe. Like if you are in the coaching space and you're listening to this, you will know what I mean when a coach has pick me energy. Um, and it's not because they're bad. It's not because they're wrong. Like, it's just their own wounding coming up, yeah? So having um, pick me energy in the space was like almost needing my clients to kind of validate me. And, you know, again, this would happen for like a week or so and then I would do the work and it would shift. And now if this ever happens, it doesn't last longer than a day. The reason why, guys, because everything that I'm doing in the imposter to impact a masterclass. (laughs) So, again, I'm mentioning this again because it's so important. So I would have that pick me energy in the space where I would kind of need clients to kind of validate me and how good I am and and it's not their fucking job. Yeah. And it's not your audience's job either to validate you and to tell you that you're doing a good job and to give you a pat on the back. Is it nice when it happens? 100%. But you need to have enough self-trust that the work that you was you were doing is going to land on the right ears. It's going to land in front of the right people to get the right results. And if you don't have that and you're constantly seeking validation, I'm not saying it's necessarily like the worst thing in the world because it's absolutely not, but you, it, it, in my opinion, this is my opinion again, if I see that in the space and I see that kind of pick me energy around um, a coach, it automatically go, I automatically go, oh my goodness, they're not solid. They're not feeling solid within themselves. This doesn't feel good to me. And intuitively, it might not even be that I can fully recognize that, but it's a feeling that I get. And I'm sure you guys can relate to this. So that's a big thing that has come up. And again, we moved through it quite quickly, but this has happened in multiple different spaces. The next one was being, again, it comes back to like fucking filtering yourself, right? And I, after Imposter to Impactor, full transparency, like I'm going to be launching a leadership course, right? And this is going to be for anybody, literally anybody, the same way that imposter to impactor is, literally anybody who feels like they are still fucking people pleasing 
in their spaces, in their leadership, and they're not able to fully claim and take up their space within their field and really fucking back themselves. So I am going to be launching that because it. so many of the people that I've worked with, they struggle with actually dropping all of the filters and tuning into who they really fucking are, knowing who they are and delivering that to their audiences or that to the spaces in which they are in to be able to create big impact. So I personally, that where the imposters kind of cooked me and fucked me up a little bit, <laughs> is it has uh, made me feel like I need to be super fucking professional all the time. And this was early on in my business, not so much anymore. Obviously I'm opening up about all the ways that my imposter syndrome has shown up. I mean, anybody who is going to try and be super fucking professional is probably not going to tell you this stuff, but again, I don't really give a fuck. So being super professional, what this looked like for me was literally never telling anybody anything in my life. I had a voice for coaching. Like I had a legit coaching voice. Um, it was very fake. It was very icky. My friend used to laugh at me when she would hear me um, get on the phone because it was icky as fuck. It would be the same when I showed up on social media and it was not me. I was pre- I was playing a legit character. I was pretending to play a character. And because I was being so professional, I created a pedestaling between me and my clients where I it was like I was the expert. And I was so much further along than them. So they always felt not enough as well. And I'm not saying that like they always felt this, you know, it's it's absolutely not true. Like people still got incredible fucking results, but there was always that feeling of like, oh, I'm not being perfect enough because I kept showing up as being perfect, kept showing up as being super fucking professional. And it was alienating for me to be able to speak my truth, but it was also alienating for my clientele. Um, so like I've said previously, Another way that imposter syndrome kind of (laughs) cock blocked my success was it stopped me for a long time for stepping into group coaching spaces um, and and group work and even business coaching as well. It stopped me from stepping into that when I, I mean, I work with a lot of coaches as well in the online space and it stopped me from wanting to step in and work with those kinds of clients um, because it was like, well, you don't know enough. Like you don't have a full business degree. You might've studied a little bit, but you know, you don't have all the systems, all that kind of stuff. And that's actually my magic. The fact that I do so much energetic work with you. And I find that that's been the biggest breakthrough stuff for me in business has not been, oh, this is how you, you know, make a sales page. Like that's not been the breakthrough. The breakthrough has always been the energetic work. Um, so it would stop me from doing that kind of work, the business coaching stuff, but it would also stop me from doing group courses, right? And group work. So I had so much imposter syndrome going into group spaces and doing group work that I knew that it was the way to scale my business. It was the way to kind of um, shift how much time I was putting into things and also give people a different way of working with me, yeah? Because like at the end of the day, one-to-one is expensive in terms of um money, like in terms of how much you're spending on it, it can be a lot more expansive than in a group capacity. And some people, they just really crave being a part of a group. They crave being around other women, which is again, one of the reasons why Imposter to Impactor is a group setting. It's another reason why the course after that is going to be in a group setting because I know that women crave being connected to one another and really big things shift and change when you're connected. But anyway, I had so much Imposter Um, so much imposter syndrome coming up around this that I put it off for a year. 
even though I knew it was the next step, I knew it was the next layer, I knew it was the next level and I still put it off for a whole fucking year and I just got myself really busy with one-on-one work so that it was like, oh, it's just never really the right time. (laughs) And it wasn't like the imposter was sort of like coming up and being, you know, really in my ear and like just, you know, all the time. It was not that case. It was not, it was not like that. But it was just sort of every time I would contemplate it, I'd go, nah, I need to do more one-on-one work. I'm not ready for that yet. I'm not good enough to do that yet. I don't know enough. I haven't worked with enough people. Now, at that time, I probably, you know, I was working so many one-to-ones. I I knew that like, you know, there was times, majority of the time at any given week, I'd be working with, between working with (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness, my my words. Um, but I'll be working with anywhere between 20 to 30 one-on-ones in that week. Um, so anywhere between 20 to 30. So that was a lot of experience for a couple of years, probably more than the vast majority who are out there right now doing group stuff. <laughs> and I still had this idea of like, no, 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 no. I need to do more. I need to work with more people. I need to know more, la, 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 la. So once I let go of that, I started to really step into groups. I fucking love groups. You guys know this. I run groups all the time. I have lots of different groups, with lots of different things. And I find them to be such an impactful way of delivering the work. And especially because I'm in a space now where I have worked with, you know, pretty much over a thousand people at this point and the vast majority of that being in a one-to-one setting I I know things about clientele that so there are so many themes within the spaces there's so many themes within different groups of people and so I can deliver stuff in groups that probably wouldn't you know it, it you you would do on a one-to-one level but it can be delivered in a group in a really powerful way which is awesome um so anyway it's stopped me from you know doing groups uh, group work and courses. Um, another thing is that it, imposter syndrome, and again, again, guys, if any of this has related to you, if any of it, join imposter to impactor. I swear to God, you're going to get so much out of it <laughs> because these are all major blockades for you experiencing that next level of leadership, that next level of embodied leadership. So anyway, um, the it also stopped me from positioning myself as an expert so an expert in my space and what I was doing I am I'm still identify as being a student yeah and I I do identify myself as being an expert in certain things but still a student however in those early days I would still be like no no no, I'm still learning I'm still learning I'm still learning and when that happened I wouldn't um, increase my prices I wouldn't do anything even though I'd had so much experience I just wasn't doing it and this is not to say that you know you you know you can have all these clients that you've worked with blah 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 blah, and you know you can experience imposter syndrome that was my experience but I know that there are so many clients that even at the beginning of their journey in a new space and in a new um, thing that they're doing they can experience imposter syndrome and it can stop them from doing anything right and if that is you right now listening to this being like oh my gosh you know Laura's talking about you know having worked with so many people and you know experiencing it yeah and I know that there are a lot of people listening to this who have also experienced that but if I'm being totally fucking frank with you, like totally honest, the vast majority of the people that I've worked with on this have also been in those early stages or in the process or in the um, the preparation to kind of step into something new, right? So they might be, they might have not very worked very much, right, with um, one-on-one clients, uh, but they've done a lot of group work and so they're feeling uncomfortable the imposter's coming up around that. Or it can be just, you know, anything. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have experience to be experiencing imposter syndrome. You can be doing it at the very beginning of your of your journey. And the way to know 
that you need to work on this, the biggest way to know that you need to work on this is that you're stopping yourself from taking action because of it. You're not taking action. You're not doing that next step. You're not doing that next level. You're not moving into that next space. It's going to get you to where you want to be. You're stopping yourself. You're stagnating yourself. You're stagnating your growth. That is when you know, I need to fucking do some work on this. So that can be at the beginning of your um, you know, business journey. That can be at the beginning of your career. That can be at the beginning of anything, right? And it can also be when you're seasoned in the space because, it, you know, you're moving into that next layer or that next level and you're coming up against this again. It can be at any point along your journey, but the point is, is that it's there. You know, this can even happen for mothers. Like I, I've worked with mothers who experience imposter syndrome. It doesn't necessarily just have to be with work. I'm just expressing it around work. So this can be, um, you know, with any kind of role that you're uh, any role that you take on, right? Mother, friend, or whatever it might be, partner can be any role that you take on, um, where you start to feel like, oh my gosh, you know, this, this stuff that I'm experiencing, I don't deserve it, or I don't know enough or, you know, whatever these thoughts might be, or, you know, in any kind of thing that I do, it's not going to be enough. I don't know enough. These thoughts can be really tricky. Um, so, another thing that it stopped me from doing was asking for support. I mean, I did, <laughs> You guys will know this. I did a live on Instagram, if you don't know that. I talked about this, but I wanted to go in more depth on a podcast. Um, but I expressed that on that I was working with a coach at one point and I hated admitting that I wasn't feeling good in my industry about myself um, and I was feeling like an imposter because I truly believed, <laughs> this was early days, but I truly believed that if I admitted that I was dealing with imposter syndrome, it would mean that I was an imposter. And I know so many people listening to this right now, they might be in the coaching space, they might not be. Um, you might be listening to this being like, oh my gosh, that's fucking me. Like I know it's there, but if I admit it, I have to do something about it. Or if I admit it, it makes me scary. It makes me really nervous. Um, and it makes me feel like perhaps it's actually true. It's not actually true right? Everybody is doing the best that they can with the tools that they have at the time. But if this part of you is holding you back and is constantly stagnating your growth, it's time to fucking do something about it. And it's not time to just, you know, reframe it by writing it down differently. It's time to fully embody a different frequency and a different stage and phase of leadership. So, um, you know, it stopped me from asking for support. And I remember working with a coach and not telling them about it. I never fucking told them about imposter syndrome. I would talk about everything else, but that was like, ooh, couldn't talk about it. Didn't want to admit that it was even there. Was too nervous to admit that it was even there. What would it mean about me if I admitted it was even there? And that was fucking painful. <laughs> um, another thing was that it stopped me from calling in large groups of people. Again, comes back to that helicopter coaching, mummying clients, making sure that I could really be hyper vigilant on every single person's experience and be hyper aware when in reality, you know, group containers, you can do a little bit of that, but you, you know, it's not helping support people because in a group setting and in a group container, you know, you've got to take what is there and use it in your life, right? And, you, and you're not getting that, um, you're not getting as much, not to say that you won't, it depends on the group setting and the group container, but you're not getting as much uh, accountability, so to say, and so to speak. Um, so it also stopped me from trusting myself yeah, like that voice when it would come in and not to say that it was there all the time. Again, I've made that very abundantly clear. 
it's over the years been like something that would take me a few weeks or even a few months to move through for one aspect it took me a whole year uh, and then it would be like oh only a week and now it's kind of moved into just kind of dealing with it in a day and the way that I'm going to be teaching stuff in the imposter to impact a masterclass is really suited toward lots of different personality types it's not just what works on me because what works on me might not work for somebody else um so it is about looking at a few different ways that we can help support and shift this for you and my aim and my my um, goal with this is that you wouldn't experience imposter syndrome again if I could have it my way I would hope that you would never experience it again now is that fully 100% likely? No, probably not. But if it does come up, instead of bashing your head against a fucking wall for a month or a week, you know what to do. You're armed. You've got the tools, you've got the fucking support and you can shift it. You can move it, which is powerful. Um, So it stopped me from trusting myself. Stopped me from trusting the universe. Stopped me from trusting what I was bringing in. Stopped stopped me from even calling in big things. I was like, no, 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 no. I can't do that. I don't deserve it. Um, So stopped me from trusting myself. The voice in my head was just, oh my gosh, when that would come up, it was so painful. Forced me to doubt my ideas. I would come up with an idea for work. And now in this day and age, right, if I come up with an idea for a group program or a masterclass, I just act on it. I just go, yeah, that's fantastic. Let's fucking go with it. Let's see how it goes. And I'm willing to do what it takes to be able to make sure that it's a really big success. But back in the day, I would doubt my ideas and I would lull and sit on them for literally a week or maybe two weeks before I would take any action toward them. Not to say that that's necessarily such a bad thing. Like if that's your process, that's your process. I know for me though, the reason why I was doing that was because I was afraid to actually step into it and afraid to meet a new part of me that was going to come up as a result of doing that. Um, So it made me doubt my ideas. It made me try and put a perfectionist mask, which we've spoken about. And yeah, it just, it, it also kind of, uh, yeah, it just made me really hypervigilant in everything in my business and everything that I was doing. Now, all of this saying and all of this being said, this imposter, this part of me that is not super loud anymore, right? I know what to do. I know how to work with her, right? She's there, but she's not going to hold me back and she's not going to hold me out of my power. But she really did for a really fucking long time. And I just want to empathize with anyone who's listening to this right now who's like, oh my gosh, I've experienced that or I have been experiencing that or I have in the past and I know it's probably going to come up the next time I move into something big. Like, if, if you're listening to this, please know I have a deep, profound amount of empathy towards you because when it comes up, sometimes it's hard to even realize and recognize that what it's saying isn't true or what it is saying is is what it is, is actually imposter syndrome. You know, sometimes some of my clients will be like, oh, I just feel, I just doubt myself because I have bad bad self-talk and it's like sometimes it's that and also sometimes it's imposter syndrome and so you know it is really important to recognize that this is a part of us this is a piece of us and it doesn't need to rule your life anymore if you choose for it not to and you can turn this into an impact you can become an embodied leader from having experienced this does that mean that it's always you know it's going to be perfect and it's going to disappear forever Maybe not. Yeah. It just depends on how much you value growth and how much you value um, stepping into a next layer of yourself and meeting all of you. Right. But the point that I'm trying to make is that it's now time. Like if you guys have been feeling the pull to shifting this and changing this, it's now fucking time. It's now time, babe. It is time to do the work. So 
I, I hope that you have enjoyed me sharing my own experience with imposter syndrome. I have not heard a ton of people um, share their own experiences, probably in fear of like, oh my gosh, people are going to see me as not an expert. I know the fact that I'm speaking about this makes me a fucking expert in it, right? Because it's not, it's like I've worked with hundreds on it, but I've also experienced it in my own life. Um, and so I, I really, I wanted to share it because I know that so many of you go, oh, well, you know, what does she know about having experienced that? I know quite a lot. It's shown up in every area of every layer of my work um, and lots of different places too. And I'm sure as I move into different phases and different stages of my life, it's going to show up again, but I know what to do when it does. So anyway, I wanted to, I, I really wanted to share this with you so that you can obviously start to recognize if you've experienced the same things or if you've experienced some of it, or if you see yourself in my story in any way, but also to really invite you into this masterclass, the impossible imposter to impact a masterclass, which is all around alchemizing your inner imposter to be able to step into embodied leadership. It is a powerful fucking space. It is going to be a major game changer for so many that have already joined. There is so many of you that have already joined. And if you are feeling the pull, then I'm going to leave the link down below for you to be able to reserve your spot and reserve your seat. Um, We do kick off on Monday, the 21st. And I can't fucking wait. I think it's going to be incredible. And I know it's going to be incredible. (laughs) I've done this same work with my one-on-ones and I know it's going to be fucking incredible. And also I do want to let you know that I am taking on uh, one one one-on-one business client next month in the month of April. Um, So if you are feeling the pull and the calling to work with me on that level to really shift energetically what's been happening for you so you can step into leadership, but you can also um, really step into a new layer and level of your business, then please make sure that you check out the link down below and you will have the opportunity to be able to apply to work with me. So I'll only be taking on one next month just based off of um, my commitments because obviously I'll be doing a couple of things next month. Uh, But anyway, I love you loads. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day and don't forget to to share this with somebody who you think might need it um, and to like and to rate this podcast and to also kind of you know, share it on social media. I'd love it if you would do that. And yeah, I will speak to you next week. Have an amazing rest of the day or night or morning, wherever you are. (laughs) All right. Bye.